G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. I'm your host Hef and today I'm joined by my good mate, uh, fellow league member and the guy behind AFL stats mate, Andrew Zanker. How are you mate? Hef, great to be here. Fantastic to to be back on the main pod again for the enduring season. This was you, we got you on in the preseason, didn't we, to talk about the draft? Um, but now you're on yeah. to review a round. Speaking of which, you went to a bit of footy over the weekend. Yeah, just a couple of games. Sneak across to the the Anzac Games, living over here in Melbourne, which is great. Um, my everyone goes on about how great Anzac Day is, which is is a great spectacle. But I'm, I'm a massive fan for the night before with um, Melbourne and Richmond. I think they do a really classy job and. With everyone lighting up their phones at night at the MCG, it's uh, it's a really great spectacle. It looked impressive on the TV, and I'm sure being there would have made it look even even better. But uh, yeah, now good to see you uh, get to a bit of footy over there. You you kind of live the dream, you know, being an Adelaide boy who moves to uh, Melbourne. You know, a lot of Melbourne people I think take it for granted, but you seem to get to a lot of footy. So yeah, we have we have gathered around here every week, so it's great. <laughs> so anywhere from four to five games a week is pretty handy. So. Um, it does give you a bit of a different perspective being able to watch the games live as well. Uh, yeah, well, that's good to hear. But um, yeah, we'll get stuck into the show. Um, but before we begin, uh, I just want to let the listeners, or remind the listeners that this uh, show is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy. Uh, if you've never played it before, you get to open digital pack and uh, sorry, digital packs and get cards um, instead of <coughs> selecting your team from a player pool. And each different card has a different kind of set of multipliers, which enhance your fantasy score. You get free packs for logging in each week, um, and you can also buy packs as well. Thanks. have you made a team this year? I'm not. No, unfortunately, there's just a few other little bits and pieces I've got in the road of um, game day, but I think it's definitely one of those things I'm going to have a crack at. Um, you can start middle of the year, can't you, Hef? Yeah, you can start whenever you want. Whenever you log in, you'll get, your yeah. free, you'll get enough to make a team, and uh, yeah, you'll get your free packs each week uh, to start booting your team. I, so. I have, been watching, uh, have been watching your live streams <laughs> on, uh, I think it's on Wednesday nights, which is always hilarious to watch you sort of go through those packs and see what you can get. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm going to have a crack at. I'm on a bit of a downer the last two weeks. I haven't got a good card in two weeks. So uh, yeah, thanks for, it's a good ad, actually. I'm, I'll be doing the live stream tonight. So those listening to the podcast today. And tune in, uh, tune yeah. in listeners. Yeah, have have a look, it's uh, it's good fun. But yeah, create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy for free with Game Day Squad. It's fun, it's free, it's easy. So head to uh, gamedaysquad.com.au. Had to think of the uh, address there. But uh, yeah, get on there and build your team. All right, Zanks, we are going to get stuck into the breakout tracking. So the most relevant up-and-coming players of the week. First one I want to talk about is one of your Crow players being a Crow supporter, and that's Jake Saligo. Scored 107 points. What did you make of his game? Um, I think he's really uh, he's an exciting player to watch and for both fantasy and for, for proper footy versions as well. So he's really building his game off the back of some um, really solid inside game numbers with equal second amount of contested possessions while also having force and clearances from his seven CBAs this week. Um, he did have one really big quarter in there that sort of helped him push up in the second quarter where he had 42 points, where uh, so almost half his score in that one quarter. So he has the ability to go a little bit ham. Um, he does seem to be one of those players, and there's a plethora of them at the moment that are 
playing that small high half forward type where it's really allowing them to get up and around the footy up the ground um, rather than playing that small traditional forward. So um, I think he's, he's definitely one to, to watch, especially as the, the Crows continually to, to build on. And um, it's great to see that they're above the Port Adelaide power at the moment as well, Hef. <laughs> Is that right? Didn't uh, actually know that, but it's good to know we're living rent-free. Yeah, fifth on the, fifth, fifth on the there, ladder. Zach. Just very, very <laughs> unlucky to not be in the top four at the moment. Oh, damn. Uh, but, yeah, um, so with Saligo, what, it, what it's good to see, I think, is noticeably – well, he's still getting centre bounce attendances. He's probably getting more centre bounce attendances than last year. Is that correct? Yeah, he is. He's, he is rolling through them, but it's he, he's he's very much in that second phase yep. or sort of uh, second group that roll through that area. Yeah. So last year we saw him a lot on the wing. Now he's kind of moving to like the forward inside <coughs> mid split, which is what we thought would happen to him. I think we just want to see the CBA numbers increase that little bit so he gains that little bit more consistency. But I think with what we're seeing so far. Tunned up in the role this week, starting to warm into it because it is a different role from last year. I'm liking what I'm seeing. So I think we can move on there. Um, Bailey Williams, 101 points. Uh, and I'm sure in, I'm hoping I'm talking about the Ruckman here and not the uh, Western Bulldogs uh, player because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've got him later. But uh, anyway, he's got 101 points. Um, he, he was the best ruck on the ground, but it's a pretty low bar playing against Port Adelaide, I think. Port Adelaide, I looked at the numbers. I think Rucks are averaging 101 against Port Adelaide this season. So that's uh, interesting, especially if you've got Rowan Marshall in your team uh, and they play Friday night with the loopholes and stuff like that. I would be chucking the VC on him. But uh, Bailey Williams, we've seen some potential, but again, easy matchup. So I'm not sure how much we can take out of it. Let's just kind of wait and see and you know give him a bit more time to have a look at him. The next player I want to talk about, though, is Mitch Owens. Now, he scored 99 points on the weekend. Zanks, I'm thinking about making him too good for the podcast if I haven't done so already. He's, what are your thoughts? Geez, he's got to be getting close to it at the moment. He's uh, he's he's one of my boys. I, I'm not sure if um, I, he would definitely be on my bus. Do you still do your bus, Hef? Or? No, I, I was never a big bus guy. I was more of like a oh, station right. wagon kind of dude. Station I've wagon, got, that's I've got right. my four yeah, dudes yeah, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, of course. No, he's he's uh, in, in, in our home league. We do play rookies um, and he was one of the boys – that uh, I was lucky enough to jag there. So, but I really think the Saints have a fantastic play. He is he he is able to basically roam wherever he wants. So he's definitely playing as a, as a sort of a medium to small forward. But he it's weird because he, he's also spending a large amount of time as almost that second ruck. Um, just the the fact that he's he's only six foot two, but he's he's not just being thrown into the ruck, but he's actually winning winning ruck taps as well. So. Is where other rucks who are a bit smaller are probably there just to really try and shark it off the other rucks. So if he is available still in your pool, he's, he's got to be snapped up. He he did have a score of 65 against the Bombers uh, a week or so ago, so I'm not sure if he fits into your 2, 2G for P right at this moment, but I reckon he's only at least one to, to two scores away from that as well. I'm kind of taking the 2G4P, and that's too good for the podcast for any new listeners out there, uh, the, the abbreviation to 2G4P. Um, I'm kind of being a bit more liberal this year, more so because if there's players like this that are going to be snapped up in most leagues, there's just no point talking about him. And I think Mitch Owens is getting to that kind of level he's a forward which we know is scarce um the kid can do anything like he's probably long term going to be a, a midfielder but at the moment like playing forward he also pushes up really high on the ground you often see him take marks across half back and things like that kind of pop up and do things like that so 
Yeah, Mitch Owens for me. He's too good for the podcast. He's scoring too well at the moment. His average is well above 80, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm happy to tick that one off. Uh, let's talk about Jack Lukosius. He had 99 points. A lot of conjecture about his fantasy game. Will he be a fantasy star? Won't he? All that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts, Zanks? Uh, look, he's, he's probably not one of the, the guys I've got on my list to really keep a a, a Hawkeye-like eye on him. Um, he's, he's definitely going to be one of the most mobile key forwards in the game. He sort of has that ability to... He's sort of shown to be able to play off halfback previously, but he, he's definitely one of those forwards that does get right up the ground. And I think um, the last couple of games, has he's gone head-to-head with one of the the backmen in the opposition team that are the more stat attractors. So having both Luke Ryan and Jack Zebel who... You know, give the old handshake at the start of the game and then I'll, I'll see you at the end type of defender. Um, May have been a little bit loose on him. Um, and given that he, he took 100% of his marks on the weekend as uncontested, really sort of just showed that he was able to get free. Um, if he can continue that, then he's, 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 he's an option up forward, as you sort of said, but he, he's definitely not one of those guys that um, I'm sort of looking to, to really mark as one of those guys I need in my team. What do you think, like, a consistent, you know, once he kind of fully, you know, fifth, sixth year in the system type thing, fully kind of gets acclimatised, what do you think his year-to-year average is going to be? Do you think it's a it's, it's a more of a 70s average, an 80s average, or what do you think? Yeah, prob- probably that real low 80s sort of area I think is, is really quite fair, especially when now that King is back, he doesn't have to play out of the, the square so much, so he can be given that licence to really roam and venture up the ground, so which does help his scores, from, um, especially from looking at some of his heat maps. So, look, again, he's, he's definitely one of those types of forwards that you could have in your side. I'm just not a, a, a tall forward type of guy. I'd rather have the small small forward like a Jake Sligo or Mitch Owens in my team. Yep, I agree. Uh, Jake Waterman, 99 points, um, mainly forward. He kicked a goal in this game, but uh, pushes up the ground a lot as well. Being at the game, uh, I did take my four-year-old son to his first game, so my, I was distracted oh, for some of that? it. How was that? Did he... Did he- <laughs> He lasts the whole way through this year? Yeah, this, this time he got all the way to the final siren. Um, I had milestones at every quarter break to kind of get him there. So if you stay for this one, you get this at the end of this quarter. So it worked pretty well. Um, but yeah, yeah and I actually enjoyed it. He's a bit of a numbers nerd. So like every time he loves like working out what the score is going to be next when the goals kick. So you can add six pretty well. I know, yeah, if, you, if your kids don't watch number blocks, get it on them because <laughs> it does, uh, it does uh, excel the numeracy. But um, yeah, so he got him through that. So good fun. But um, I was distracted for a bit of this game. But uh, look, with Jake Waterman, he's 99 points. Yeah, like I said, forward role. But I think the fact that he only kicked one goal kind of helps him out in his fantasy kind of terms. Um, he does get up the ground. I remember him taking a few marks in defence and things like that. So he does get a bit of a licence to roam given that he is the third taller player in that forward line for uh, West Coast. So yeah, what are your thoughts on Jake Waterman? Uh, uh, again, probably not one of those guys I'm really sort of flagging on, on my side. But um, again, given the fact that the forward line is so so scarce. Is it's definitely one of those types of players that you can probably look to stream. Uh, we'll move on to Jaden Hunt. Uh, he had 90 points. That wing roll is pretty consistent at the moment. He's averaging 78 from the first six rounds. There's one or two real low scores, but the rest have been good. He doesn't qualify for the Auto 2G 4P yet, but I think very soon he's going to... Uh, be at that level. Uh, we'll move on to Dustin Martin. Uh, 94 points. So this was a really good game by him, really. 25 disposals, three tackles and a goal. Still playing mostly forward. What are your thoughts? 
Uh, I mean, Dusty's one of those guys, especially, you know, again, lucky to, to watch him uh, live in live in show, as so to speak, this week. He, he still has those Dusty moments. He just doesn't quite have as many of them to have that huge impact on the game. But he, he doesn't need to in real footy sense, but for that fantasy, if he's he's able to, to sort of push those, those tackles up a little bit more, I think he's definitely going to be one of those guys that is probably... Um, He's going to be worth able being throw out a trade to some some teams who are maybe looking to sort of move him on as they look to transition some of their teams. Yeah, I, I don't mind that, and he still might be a valuable you know valuable target for a contending team because he does score well on his day, like we saw in this game, and it won't be every week, but he is the kind of player that can turn a match up um, with one big score and help you win you know a final or something like that coming through the season. So, yeah, Dusty Martin, just have a think about it. Probably should be in the fossil character category these days, but uh, yeah, I've got him up here in the breakout tracking for some reason. But anyway, uh, let's talk about Xavier O'Halloran. Is that no O'Halloran? That's how you say it. Uh, oh, yep. Ninety points. Um, He's, he was part of the, He's been part of the midfield rotation for the last few weeks that he's uh, come into the side. But um, in, in this in this game, I think he was really kind of excelled by Tom Green being out. He did sneak forward and kick three goals too, which helps him. I don't think Tom Green has too much to do with that though. Um, but yeah, still had five CBAs last week is the point I'm trying to get at. What are your thoughts here on O'Halloran? Is he an option? He's a mid only, so it makes him less attractive. But yeah. Um, yeah, and another maybe another streamer type of thing. Um, probably my question is... So Green comes back in, Ward goes out for a week. Does that help him just to, to sort of maybe pad out some of those stats? I don't um, know. If that does happen. Yeah, Ward Ward didn't get a CBA last week, I don't think, and he's been playing more forward. So I'm not sure if it's a like-for-like swap these days, maybe once upon a time, yeah, but, but yeah. Um, we'll move on to Peter Adams, 89 points. Um, so Geelong were essentially ruckless. I guess they had blitzars, but they even rolled with Sam DeConing in there, which is maybe a bit of a watch if he can get some more ruck time, although it didn't affect his fantasy score this week. Um, Laddams is a really handy fantasy player. I guess the question is how much impact does he actually have <laughs> on the game? Um, you've got a few notes here, Zanks. What's, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, there, there, There is... Almost zero chance he will be in the AFL this week. Um, Hickey is almost back from injury. I mean, I think given the, the frustration that and the patience that he is trying on the, the coaches at the moment, just the uh, – I was watching one play where he gave away a free kicker at half forward. Um, they had the opposite – Geelong had the clearance, kicked it down, the ball went out of bounds. He went, went down into the ruck and gave away another free kick, which resulted in Tom Hawkins having a shot at goal. So I, it's it's one of those – the week before, I think he, he took possession and just threw the ball to to his rover. So it, it's, it's got to be one of those ones where his scoring can be reasonably solid, but if he's not in the team, I think it makes it really hard unless you're playing VFL fantasy. I, to be honest, I don't see I don't see him getting dropped because he was far from the worst player <coughs> on ground for Sydney on the weekend. They were absolutely awful. And I know I'm an owner, and I know you're trying to bait me a little bit here um, behind the scenes. But the thing is, like, he's their future Rutman, unless McAndrew is going to be the one. Now, Tom Hickey did play on the weekend, but he was used sparingly as the second ruck. Um, McAndrew was the number one ruck, and I think he was almost close to best on ground. So I don't know if Hickey comes. Uh, sorry, if Hickey comes straight in when they're kind of using McAndrew as their number one ruck in the twos, might might be a few weeks away, might not. So I don't think you know there's a hundred percent chance of him getting dropped next week. But I do see your point. 
But again, like Ruckman aren't meant to be, you know, the best users of the ball. And there's a lot in out there that don't do great jobs each week. Given that Hickey's really on his last legs, one injury away from retirement, it's either him or McAndrew. And I think Laddams is the kind of way forward for the time being. So I'd find it strange for their development to drop him right now. Is that fair? Uh, uh, I mean, how old is he now? Like, how, how long, how many chances do, do you get to, to continually develop at the moment? Well, I think um, he's... You know, I understand McAndrew is one of those project players, but, you know, is, is it time to, to throw him in there? Um, and, and more just for the, the sanity of the coach, um, given some of the, the brain-melting opportunities that, uh, that he gives out. Like I said, I don't think Ruckman, uh, you know, they're quite prone to doing that sort of thing across the board. He's only 25 years. So, like, when you look at, you know, clubs like Hawthorne, you've got Ned Reeves that's the same age. It's kind of like the year that Ruck's come on. So, I don't know. I think, you know, he's 25 is relatively young for a Ruckman, I think. But uh, anyway, we won't spend too much time on it. We'll move on to... Uh, you can keep him then, Hef. You can keep him. <laughs> I'm happy to have him. Like I said, it's either going to be him or McAndrew next year. Um, and I think one of them will be a reasonable scorer. And I've got both, so it's all good. Uh, Lockie hey. Scholl, hey. uh, 83 points. Um, playing that role on the wings. Worked his way back into the side this year. What are your long-term thoughts on him, Zanks? I know he can score well on his day and he's got a position right now. But does he keep it? And is he part of the Crows' long-term plans? And can that kind of lead to good fantasy scoring consistently? Feels like either himself or Chase Jones is the the option out on that wing. Um, and I think you've sort of seen Lockie Scholl sort of jump up in score and Chase go down and, and sort of vice versa there. His, his average disposals are at a career high of over 19 per game at the moment. Um, and to the eye, I was really sort of... My problem with him previously has been his ability to... Um, have his disposal efficiency at a reasonable level, and his but his clangers have been about the same as um, as previous years, which has really been one of his da- uh, his major downfall. I think he, he's they're probably going to keep trying him out on that wing. Look, I'm I'm not a massive fan. I've watched him live too many times where he'll fake on his on his good side on his right and then go around onto his left and just turn the footy over. So it's quite infuriating as a Crows supporter. Um, Look, yeah, pro- probably, again, not, not one of those guys that is um, that will find his way into my team. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just a bit concerned. Like, as more younger players develop and things like that, he might be one that makes way, just given that disposal. And, yeah, the scene that we battled with, battled with selection in the past. We'll move on to Jack Bowes. We won't talk about like him. He's, um, he looks like he's also about six kilos ringing wet as well. So <laughs> that it's doesn't just... help him, does it? He might blow away on some of those windier days here in Adelaide. Uh, Jack Bowes, 80 points. Won't talk about him too much, but mostly on the halfback line. Sneaks forward from time to time. He's scoring well <laughs> enough, but I feel you just want more from him. But it's hard to get a read on Geelong players in these games where they absolutely smash sides as well like they all seem to lift for these games as well and if he's only scoring 80 in a game like this it might uh yeah it might not be the best thing going forward i want to talk about alex chin cotter though you watched this game he had 79 points what'd you make of his debut uh yes solid solid debut and i think there's huge amount of sort of chat in the the fantasy community really sort of driven by more uh classic and salary cap sides um, he, he did really sort of get into the game and build his score pretty evenly over the four quarters. Um, he, he did have maybe a small red flag where his kick-to-handball ratio was sort of one, uh, six kicks to 18 handballs. I know 
um, you and K's, it used to be a, a huge red flag for you guys when it was sort of that type of ratio. Um, does How long does he keep his spot for? I know Doc's out for a little bit, and depending on how long um, Adam Saad is out for. Carlton do seem, their backline do seem to be the, the, the king of fantasy scoring at the moment. They had six, uh, throughout the team, they had six scores over 100 with Kerno just missing out on 97. So they, they're getting a huge amount of the footy, but really moving the ball quite slowly. So which is where the Saints were probably able to get on them from a, a you know, traditional football point and be able to move the footy forward and uh, sort of showed in the result. It, it feels like Carlton might have to change just the way that they move the footy just slightly. Um, it doesn't seem to be holding up against some of the more top-end um, opposition. So it, it feels like they're going to have to try and move the ball a bit quicker, which will then possibly hurt some of their fantasy scoring as well. Yeah, I will flag that St Kilda are an easy team to score against as well, given that job security thing that you mentioned as well. Like, even in the classic circles, like, I'm thinking about bringing him in to make some cash, but he's one that, like, I could see out of the side in a few weeks as well. So, yeah. Do you see him, Is you know, he's, he's a proven VFL scorer. Do you, you know, he's one of those guys that you try and get on the ultra cheap at the moment now and maybe have a bit of a stash or, you know, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, given that he's played now, he might not be as cheap as he was a week ago. Um, I think he's maybe a prospect. My issue is just, like, you know, Saad, Doherty, like, Doherty's, probably getting close to going, but Cowan looks like earmarked to be the next guy in there. Um, yeah, I just don't know where he sits long-term. Is he more there as a stopgap, given that was he was a supplementary player? Not one I'd give up a lot for at the moment, but there's definitely potential there. That's all. Plays the right sort of game anyway. Uh, Connor McDonald, 70, uh, 79 points, playing a forward role this season. Um, encouraging to see him still score um, from time to time in that spot as well. We do think he'll go in the midfield one day. I reckon you like this uh, kid, Zanks. What's your thoughts? Yeah, gotta gotta get right around him. I think um, the way he goes, he's just one of those exciting players to watch when he's in your fantasy side as well. I think just the fact that he he, he loves that contested footy, he loves to have a cuddle. Um, he's definitely going to be a midfield option in the future, and has shown that he, when he does get that time in the midfield, he can be an accumulator. Uh, probably major call out for this game. There was, there was more tackles in this game than any other game so far this year. So <laughs> I did, I did hear was, that in the commentary, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a very contested type of game, which sort of maybe suits him, suits, suits a Newcomb and, and those types of players. So um, I'm not sure they're going to have that type of game every week um, and have it closer to their terms, especially when they sort of play some more fast fast-fleeted feet types of football. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think long-term, though, he's going to be a star, though, so he's one that you want to pick up now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Will Power had 79 points. Will, this guy <coughs> is just such an almost player for us. Like, looks like he should be a fantasy stud. I think he spent uh, some, t- some time out of this game with a concussion. Uh, what do they call it? The HIA these yeah, days. In, in the second quarter, yeah, he spent some time off um, after copping a bit of a knack, uh, smack in the head. Um, he did was able to sort of rack up the the total posse. So he did have double the amount of kicks to handball. So very that's quite handy. Um, it is amazing to watch how much footy between himself, um, Weller and McPherson are getting at the moment, and the amount of times that they're actually connecting up in the string of football where they're just kicking it to each other before moving forward. Um, with both McPherson and Weller, this game. 
being on the higher side of the, the scoring ledger. Um, definitely one of those guys, you know, having a, an 80-point sort of area for a backman, I think is a, a really solid player, especially if he's sort of your D4, D5 area. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's an interesting prospect given that, you know, the injury history and stuff like that. Um, always looked at goods. And it's kind of good to see, like, Weller and McPherson scoring well and he can still put up, like, a 70, 79 as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, interesting to see. Archie Perkins, one of my boys. He's almost in the station wagon. He's working his way up. Uh, 77 points. Uh, he just needs to be more consistent for mine. Like, even in this game, like, he started well, then went missing, then comes back and rah, rah, rah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. He did, he did go missing for you know, a significant part. The, the a couple of people I was watching the footy with couldn't couldn't recognise him. They hadn't seen him in his new haircut. So he's, <laughs> yeah, okay, he's fair enough. Now for for maybe twelve months or so, but he was like, oh, it's, you know, is that Archie Perkins? He's like, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be just one of those. He could be anything. Players um, like. Where if you don't have him in his side at the moment, what are you trying to do to, to get him? I know you love him. I know that you see him as a bit of a project player, but you know, where do you see his value? I don't see it. I don't see it super high at the moment. Like he's actually someone I've been floating around to um to you know the Bombers fans in our leagues really uh, to see if they want him. Um, because, yeah, like, in, at this stage, I want someone more consistent in my side. But if I didn't own him, say if I was a lowly placed team, he's definitely a player that I'd look, to, look at to fill out my last few keeper spots. Um, because, yeah, I reckon he's got, the, he's got the potential to develop going forward. Are you allowed to trade players out of your station wagon? Is that, is that okay? Or is that, <laughs> well, I said he's not quite in upon, He's not quite in. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, so. yeah, right. Right, right, yeah. right. Oh, if I if I remove the spare tire, I might be able to get him in there. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting in sitting in the old school um, in the boot area yeah. of some of those yeah, old exactly. school yeah. not, not that legal, that's all. Um, yeah, definitely a project player. It's just that like if you're contending, you might not have the patience to hold him for you. Like the thing is I think what it's really gonna take is one of those midfielders to move out there. So whether that's Zach Merritt moving to a halfback flank one day or out to a wing or something or them trading Dylan Shiel or, you know, you know, letting Will Setterfield set up into step up into his role. It's gonna take something like that, I think, for him to be a fantasy stud. He's also not first in line, it feels as well. Yeah. So he kind of needs maybe one to two of those yeah. guys. Because we saw Caldwell kind of get a bit of an uptick this week as well, even though he didn't do anything. Um, yeah, or the fact that he might just overtake someone like Caldwell as well, like given as he, you know, he's a bit younger as well. So I don't know. Um, Difficult. Jermaine Jones, we'll talk about 77 points. Actually, we won't talk about too much, but he's just continuing that back roll. Good to see him put up a solid 77. Uh, Bryn Teekle had 74 points. I think he was beaten in the ruck against one of the easiest ruck matchups. There's a few coaches out there that are getting pretty excited about Teekle. Um, they've got him stashed away and they think he's going to be the number one. I think he definitely gets. I think he definitely gets another week because Lysett did nothing to Sanford. I don't know whether they were using him sparingly, resting, resting him or whatever, but he only scored like 50-something. I get the impression that if Lysett has a bit... Like they've sent Lysett back to find some form. I think when he does that, it'll only take one or two big games out of Lysett for him to come straight back in. What do you think? Yeah, he's definitely more on borrowed time than, than anything, but... Um, I know we'll sort of talk about another Port Adelaide player maybe a little bit later on who um, is probably giving them more in the ruck than than either of their their key ruckmen. Um, but yeah, it's, there's there's warning signs even um, for, for 
any type of coaches that are trying to to play tackle at the moment, unless you have him as a handicap. Then, uh, sorry, handicap as a handcuff. handcuff. Yep, um, that's the one I was looking for. Um, then. Yeah, otherwise, stay stay away. Too much golf, thanks. So that's your issue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sam Simpson, 74 points. This is the first game in two years, I think, uh, since the 2020 grand final, I reckon it was. Um, turned up in his uh, third season, but it kind of felt like he burst on the scene in that game. I think everyone thinks that was his debut. Um, but yeah, he's been on everyone's radar since he came in for that game uh, in his third season and turned up. Um, I think it's worth noting in that game, there was a few midfielders missing and he played in the midfield. He's more of a forward, but he did kick two goals in a side where Geelong should get on top of a fair few. He, he could put up a 70 here and there. I don't think he's going to be ever anything bigger than that, though. Stream, streamer at best. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ned Reeves, uh, 73 points. It's just an encouraging score from him. We've seen him put up a few 70s and 80s in the past, which has made us turn our heads. Um, Max Lynch did go down really early with a head knock. I guess the the question is here, what do Hawthorne do from here? We've seen Reeves basically ruck a, a full-game solo or from the second quarter onwards uh, solo and got close to beating one of the most informed sides in the competition. Do you think they might roll with a singular ruck going forward or do you think Meek comes straight back in? Uh, no, I think they'll they'll continue with the, the two rucks, especially given the way that the sub rule is being used this year. Their teams are definitely more falling on the side of two rather than just the singular. I think there's just not a lot of teams doing that. He, he's... He's definitely their number one option. Um, so I think you are ahead of K's on that. I was going to say, of, can you just repeat um, that? Repeat that? Out. I think I missed that. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> uh, look, it's 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 not the quickest of races, but you are ahead. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I, I definitely feel like he'll 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 have someone to to ruck with in those games. There's, there's got to be some other better options though, um, especially if you're in a 10 or 12 team league. It's essentially a giraffe race, I think, and uh, I've got the slightly faster... Uh, baby, baby giraffe yeah. race. <laughs> slightly faster giraffe. Anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, Jai Cully, 71 points, had zero <laughs> CBAs in this game, playing exclusively as a forward. Essentially kicked four goals though, but um, yeah, I'd want to see a better role from him. That's, that's got to be some huge... Signs, especially so many coaches. A couple, this league. I mean, uh, he was he was a keeper player this year, yeah. and basically they were they were saying he's going to be the the second coming, and it really looks like there's a lot of other players ahead of him at the moment. Especially um, given he's in such a bad side. Upon, yeah, and if you're relying upon four goals. To, to get to just into the 70s, it feels like that's that's barely fair to feel. I said in the preseason, but never trust a guy who's overlooked in the draft. Like, I know he's a mid-season draft pick, but there's probably good reason that they slip through. The recruiters, you know, they might get the selection order wrong, but quite often if someone gets overlooked in the draft, there's not a lot of chance of them coming back. Um, and there's a chance. There's always a chance that one or two are the, are yeah. the exceptions. Look to at Johnny rules, Noble, like the Nick Martins um, of yeah, the Nick world. Martin. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Nick Martin wasn't even a mid-season though. More, so, more yeah. often than not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Braden Campbell only had 64 points. Um, didn't score that well. You do have in your notes here that he had three frees against. So I didn't realize that. So that doesn't help him. Uh, but yeah, the role looks good. Is what I like with Braden Campbell. It's just the fact that there's too many mouths to feed. Um, but 
yeah, he will get off the leash and score a few good, you know, scores here and there, get playing that role. The last player I want to know about, and he's a player that was on everyone's lips this week, Chase Jones only scored 37 points. You kind of touched on this with uh, Shaw. He kind of was, you know, the player that got up and about on the other wing. Can we rely on Chase Jones, thanks? No. <laughs> Simple question. No, I'm sorry. I'm just reading your notes here and it's quite, it's, it's hilarious. Just Chase Jones, 37 points. What happened? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it was his big chance to go back down and, into Tassie and really sort of have his family and friends around him. And yeah, just one of those things where the day that the footy just doesn't fall in your lap. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, hopefully he can bounce back this week, but I don't know. I've got him in my classic side, and it's looking shaky. I'm thinking about trading him out. So I'll trade him in this week. Eleven break even. You couldn't go past it. Well, I couldn't. So, so, so in a in a game of classic where you can trade like almost anyone in for that salary price, you chose Chase Jones. Well, who else had a break even eleven at four hundred k? Ah, mate. <laughs> It's a cash Just game, mate. One short. It's a cash play game. One short. Play one short. I think I'm uh, ranked fairly higher than you, so I think I'll take my advice. Oh, yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> that's not hard. Uh, Oliver Hollands, um, moving into a rookie. There's not a lot to speak about. Most of them we've already kind of touched on, but Ollie Hollands has 75 points. Uh, just playing that wing role, Zanks. Yeah, I like him. He's... Um, he's pretty good with the footy as well, and he is a bit on those hard nuts. I think if he could find his way... I know Carlton have had troubles with those wing positions, so I think if he could, if he could somehow find to, a way to, to nail that down there, I think he could be a, not a. Let's not make out like he's going to be a huge scorer, but just one of those guys that can just keep on rolling on, get that seventy to eighty points every week, and and be that really solid backup, um, helping to have he had a really good ratio again of fifteen kicks to seven handballs, which is also really handy as well. Yeah, I like. I think. I can't remember who said it. This is not my theory, but I like it. Um, everyone talks about his tank and how much he can run all day and all that sort of stuff. That generally leads to a good fantasy player long-term because they're never out of the game. They play high time on ground, all that sort of stuff. Playing a, a midfield role of sorts on the on the wing, an outside role. But still, yeah, I think I think he has got something there and we just got a semi-decent sign on the weekend that he can do something. Uh, we'll talk about some B2Ps. So that's uh, players that we've brought back to the pod, but uh, getting better again, uh, verging their way back to too good for the podcast. First one's Darcy Byrne-Jones, 101 points in a pressure forward role. I think he's had a couple good scores now. I might not have actually, but yeah, two goals and 10 tackles. Playing this role, do you think this kind of scoring is sustainable, Zanks? Uh, I, I don't. Um, it's really interesting to see how the midfield is transitioning at Port Adelaide, especially now. I think it's um, Boak started up forward and has now sort of been transitioned um, to, to play out on a yeah. wing. Yeah, it's really interesting him and get two old bulls like in Rory Sloan and um, Travis Boak now playing out in the wing, which is interesting. Look, I don't, I don't as a pressure forward, it's always going. You're going to have those games where you you jump up, especially having ten tackles. But I don't see that being a. How can I bank on that being an every week occurrence? He's usually like a seventy-five to eighty average guy. Anyway, when he's got that half-back role, I think he can kind of sustain that. It's just going to be made through like 100 one week, 60 the next week, 40, then probably like 110 the following week. It's a bit annoying. So, yeah, maybe um, maybe pick him up as a streamer or as a loophole option. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to rely on him consistently, that's all. One of your boys, Nick Haynes, uh, 93 points. Um, 
I guess, you know, he's been scoring so well. Does Sam Taylor and Adam Kennedy going down on the weekend affect him, though? Like, I think in my eyes, he's back to too good for the podcast, given his scoring. But do you have any concerns? I feel given he's at a he's currently at a career high average for an intercept possessions, it's where he seems to be winning a lot of his footy at the moment. It feels like that's allowed him to get back to the you know, closer to that old Nick Haynes sort of thing. So um look I, I was coughed at when drafting him this year. I think like, I was one of them to be honest. People, yeah, you were definitely yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at you. Um <laughs> The probably the only reason I'm not going to G for P for him at the moment um, is is those outs. So Taylor being out for I was reading this morning for ten to twelve weeks. So it's a pretty pretty significant hamstring. Um, Phil Davis still being two weeks away, he, he might have to play a little bit more lockdown, yeah. which is um, which is really going to help that ability for him to score. The the only thing that I would say this week that might help him is he does have one of the early Saturday afternoon games. So if you are playing a rolling lockout, maybe he can be that stream in the shorter term and just be very wary, especially if you're looking to trade him in, that that ceiling might not be as high um, in the next couple of weeks. Longer term, he he could probably bounce back to that and you'll definitely find him in that 2G the P pile, but just maybe not in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think this week will be telling. So if he puts up another good score... This week, you're pretty safe, I reckon. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Braden Maynard, 87 points. Um, can he get back to an 80 average Zanks like he was a couple of years ago? I don't think Collingwood's game plan really allows him to get as much of the footy um, as what he used to. They've also... Collingwood have uh, a fairly new player. Um, I think his name's Nick Dacos. <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, who literally seems to just patrol the back lines and... Um, get as much uncontested footy as he likes. So uh, it feels like that that might hurt. Maynard, and I know he's he's a different type of position, but they used to rely upon him for his kick out yeah. of the back line significantly more, and they just don't have that need for him. Collingwood also play that, that super quick game where they look to go um, slightly wide through the back flanks and then back through the middle, which sort of takes out a lot of that chippy-chippy around game. Yeah. So, uh, look, I think he's... 87 points is probably where his ceiling might be um, at the moment um, and probably not one of the guys I'd be looking at. Is he a high floor type, though? Like, we'll probably get around, you know, between 65, 70 most weeks at worst. Uh, it, it also probably depends where some of the other tools back there yeah, play. You look at, uh, um, he does play some kind of taller really roles or lockdown well. roles. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that basically holds down the big key forward while Darcy Moore is able to sort of have that intercept marked as well. Yeah, that's fair. I've got him. I've got him as my D5 at the moment, so I'm not complaining too much. And he's usually he's, a loophole option for me. He's definitely fieldable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, let's let's not say he's, he's, you know, he's not completely useless, um, but he's he's definitely not one of those guys you'd be expecting to, to score career-high averages at this part of the time, especially given the game plan. Yeah, no. Nah. I agree. Uh, Ryan Burton, uh, 75 points. Kick three goals in this game, though. So, there might be a bit of a role change. I will factor in that uh, Marshall went out with concussion early. Dixon was out of this game. Um, do you think this is a legit new role or do you think it's a stopgap, given that he was a forward as a junior, I think? Um, and if it is, can he score in fantasy? 
Uh, honestly, I think the juries are still out on this one to say whether definitively it's it's the new role and it's going to be legit or not. Um, definitely maybe put his name in the, the to-watch pile and keep an eye on him. Yeah, it, I'd prefer him off the hardback flank anyway, so it's not one I'm getting super excited about. Uh, Aaron Hall, speaking of hardback flankers, uh, 83 points. Um, <coughs> I guess the big talk is that he killed Harry Sheasel. Uh, what an evil, evil man. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's um. They've just dug a hole and rolled him in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's. They started up forward, moved down back, and and swapped with Sheasel. Who? It, you know, I'm not sure if this could happen every week, but he was being tagged by by that four tagger in Holman. Um. So yeah. maybe they've used it to help him free him up, and you know they don't want to kill the poor kid. You know, six or seven games into his first season. So, um. But when Hole did go back there. He did share the kick-ins with with Zebul, and if if and it's a big if, but if he is able to to go back there and play that, it's a it's that super fantasy friendly role. And um, I know there's a coach in our league who's just licking his lips simply because if Hall can get some type of value, he'll be trying to to trade him in um, to, to one of the contenders in our league. And if this is happening in your league, just remember Aaron Hall's injury history and uh, what's probably going to happen. <laughs> uh, Snap. <laughs> All right, we'll pause in the show for a second to just uh, say thank you to our members. So if you're not aware, we have a membership program and you can show your support for the podcast by becoming a member. Uh, as a thank you for signing up and supporting the show, we uh, give you some extra stats on our websites and some uh, data analysis going on there. So we've got CBA analysis numbers, uh, kick-in analysis numbers, which show you the ups and downs, the trends and all that sort of stuff. We've also got the State League fantasy scores in full. Kays' awesome article each way it gives you the top scorers but you can look at everyone there and we've also got the breakout tracker that shows you where players are trending against the best in the competition at the same point in their careers uh zanks do you want to read out the gold members for me this week your your eyes look like you're you're panicking <laughs> yeah i just never a great idea to call the dyslexic guy out <laughs> sorry so i can do it if you want names but that's okay no no that's uh, all right so, so it's uh marty ashby kim dylan Daniel Aiken, Jack Bidwell, Linda Clayton, Isaac Ronan, Matt Brown, Josh Hutchins, KJ Mann. Is that right? Yeah, I reckon. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, that's right. And Liam Snowden. I don't know what you're worrying about, Zanks. You read them all the way I would have read them anyway, yeah. perfectly. I saw Kim Dillon in there. Uh, do that's you reckon it. that's the uh, ex sports anchor from Channel 9 in Adelaide? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, they can't be there. Yeah. Well, I reckon we saw him the, the day after he got sacked in North Adelaide and we took a photo with him. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he did not, he was not impressed with us asking for a selfie. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you, if you, on, a, on a mad Monday or something yeah. like that, you've got 20 blokes who are absolutely <laughs> off their face asking for a, for a selfie. Yeah, the he day was after not he got impressed. sacked. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you can't start up as a member, you can also show your support other ways. Um, big one would be subscribe to our YouTube channel, trying to build that, get around the live streams every Wednesday and that sort of stuff there. Anyways, we'll move on to Mr. Consistent, who are the guys who are probably never going to be too good for the podcast, but are handy to own. Charlie Cameron just gets it done, doesn't oh, he? Oh, who knew Charlie Cameron was going to be in here? <laughs> I love this guy. Is there a show that you do not talk about Charlie he Cameron? He really should be too yeah. good for the podcast. Seriously. Just to like get him out of my, you know, get him out of my mouth, stop talking about him. Um, oh, ev- every week. <laughs> how good was the goal? banging on about this guy. How good was his first goal? I don't know if you saw it, but 
he kind of just jumped in the air and just glanced it off his foot and it like looked like yeah, it was an accident, but it was totally intentional. Like, <laughs> absolute gun. He, he's... I look, I, 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 I look, I do it in jest. I, I love this guy. He's such a great um, player to watch, even if you don't have him in your team. So I can understand why you'd love to, to have him in your team and then just bring him on the pod once again. So <laughs> he, he would have to be the most talked about player. And this is coming from um, where you, where Kays would talk about Ben Keys for about 20 minutes every show. <laughs> well, yeah, look, he keeps popping up. And like like I say, seven goals, he's going to get you 100 points if he does that. And he does it every second or third week. So not too bad. He just, it, Good he just going missing for a few weeks now, that's all. Uh, Connor Nash, he had 95 points. Um, he's an interesting one because he's had back-to-back good scores. He's playing that kind of tagging slash accountable role, calling role, whatever you want to call it. It's not always a hard tag. But he was on lead in this game, then went to Rochelle, and after Rochelle's super hot start, completely shut him out of the game. Um, and the back of this, he's led to the ball. He's had back-to-back good scores now, as I mentioned. Do you think he's worth owning? Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's um, he's he's definitely found his way into the heart of that that midfield, and um, I think Sam Mitchell's really relying upon him and his more developed body to to really help the the young kids around that sort of area as well. You're right. He was he was fantastic on Rochelle. I think he kept Rochelle to two handballs. Um, for just on a quarter and a bit or something along those lines, um, but then was obviously able to to let Lair get off the chain as well. So he's he's going to build his scores um, in tackling. But again, if he's your M seven M eight type of region, I think he's he's a really solid player and he's going to be getting opportunity being around the footy. He's coming into contention for an M7 role for me because I can throw Dawson back if I want to because I've got a lot of defenders. So, yeah, it depends how he goes. He's a great, I think, loophole option if you can get him on the early game. The only issue is you're not going to get uh, Hawthorne in too many, you know, primetime Thursday, Friday slots, maybe a Saturday afternoon though. Um Jacob Wiedering. I'm going to have to make this guy too good for the podcast. Um, 89 points. Um, yeah, he's just he's just scoring too well at the moment. What do you think? Yeah, again, we talked about Carlton before and the way that they're really playing the, the chippy-chippy ball around, especially in the back back lines. If, if that game plan's stays, then yeah, definitely um, put a line through him, stop talking about him um, and 2G for PM. But if that, I would just be wary if that changes, he, he then really has more leverage as a super coach player just because of his lockdown nature. Yeah, I think what helps him this year as well is just not being the, like he still is the number one key defender, but not just doing it on his own. Like you've got <coughs> McGovern who's got a bit of height. You've got um, Marchbank who's got a bit of height. You've got uh, Young that's got a bit of height as well. So it's like he's not just having to play on the monster each week. He can kind of work off a little bit or they can kind of come into the contest and he can take a contested grab, which he's kind of known for as well, instead of just having to go for the spoil and things like that each time. So, yeah, he's, he, he adjusts his game to who else is playing and who he's playing on. But, yeah, I, I've always been a fan of him as a fantasy scorer. Not a huge one, but a, like a handy one to own. So I'm going to make him too good for the podcast just because I think he auto-qualifies given his last three scores. Uh, Joe, it's your show, yeah. it's your show. <laughs> Joe Danaher, uh, 85 points. Um, 
One of the rare players where the ruck forward role actually works. Um, they've opted for him over four in the last few weeks, and it's been super handy for him. It's not massive. It's not a massive bump, but it's probably an extra ten to fifteen points per week, which turns his game into a seventy from a seventy into like an eighty-five. So he's another player I really like at the moment. He's my F five at the moment, and I think if you go if you've got him there, it's a pretty handy spot to have him. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think uh, if you can, if if he's holding on to your last forward position on the field, he's he's definitely not the worst. I'm just he he's again he's, he's one of the better key forwards, but I'm I would rather almost play one short than play some key forward sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Um, it feels in my team that I, I am playing one short because my team's so horrible. But anyway, that's a different kettle of fish. Well, he goes back to the Gabba this week, which I don't think he's gone under 80 at this uh, this year. So hopefully should be a, another good score. Um, Mitch McGovern, uh, 73 points. Uh, you watch this game. I don't know. He, we just predicted a 70 average and I think he's just going to get there. Do you think? Yeah, he's, again, one of those players that's being rewarded from the uh, the ball movement through the back lines. Um, he, He's a kick-in taker as well, isn't he? The amount of times. Uh, yeah, there was some of uh, – he did have some of those stats in there as yeah. well. Look, again, he, he's a fascinating player to watch from a actual footy side. He burns the footy. He falls over at unopportune times. Um, there's got to be more to than just that 73 points. But, again, if he's holding your last spot um, or a, is it going to be a like a very – consistent scorer as well. So if he has to be a defender emergency, that can also be quite handy as well. Uh, Oleg Markov is kind of working his way. He's looking more comfortable in that Collingwood side anyway. You mentioned before about the spread of points in the Collingwood background. It's not super great news for him, but he does play a fantasy-friendly role. I think he's probably worth, if like you know, you've got an injured player and you play a really deep league like us where there's stuff all left on the waivers anyway, he's the kind of guy who will be there and he could put up like a, a 70 or an 80 every now and then given that Collingwood play a lot of Thursday, Friday night game type things as well. So I think Oleg Markov just might be handy for some coaches out there. Uh, we'll move on to the tip of the caps. These are the guys who scored well but don't expect it regularly. Uh, Bailey Williams. Doss is going to kill me for putting Bailey Williams here. Which, which, which Bailey Williams? This is Williams the Western is Bulldogs one because uh, he's been going oh, for that. Right, 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 right. 95 points, kicking three goals in the win in a game where they just absolutely barnstormed Frio on a, on a big surface. Uh Oh, am, I, am I right to only tip the cap here, or do you think there's something more? No, <laughs> okay. no you're, you're you're right on the money there. Um, there's there's not too many fantastic coaches that are you know really investing huge amounts into to Bailey Williams. Yeah. There are some other coaches that do, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's definitely is it's one of those scores. If you somehow manage to loop him because of the Friday night game, then. Uh, then that's great effort. Yeah. I I just think wingers in general, like if you look across the board, they're down even further from last year. I'm I'm pretty sure. Like if you look at the best performing ones, like even last last year you had a co-aimon going 100. So you're like, at least you could make play for one winger at least. But at the moment, there's just not a lot there that are scoring super well. So Um, Willem Drew, 123 points, 10 tackles and a goal. He's doing more inside jobs this season, which is kind of nice um, and less kind of super lockdown roles and it gets a bit free. But his scoring is way, way dependent on tackling and he got 10 in this game. So he's a roller coaster to own, but he does have the potential to put up some good scores. I'm tipping the cap given that this was against West Coast. Just back it up, Willem, I think, and don't give us a 60 next week. Uh, 
Jeremy Finlayson, he, we mentioned him kind of in passing earlier or alluded to him any, anyway. He had 95 points, five goals against one of the bottom sides, so didn't ton up. I think, I don't know, like I think given that Dixon and Marshall are going to miss, he's going to, and it depends how long Dixon's out for, he's going to have to play that key forward role more than the ruck role. Um so if that's happening, I don't love him just yet. But we saw him kind of move into the number one ruck role last year when Lysa was out. And when everyone's back, it is a, you know, given the, the fact that Lysa's out of the side, it is something that he could move into. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think from from what I've sort of been watching of him lately, I think Port really, really like him. And given the fact that they got him for a future third rounder, it looks like an absolute steal in the end. Uh some of the stats I was looking at is he, when he has been rucking, he's contributed up to uh, through his centre clearance work seven yeah. times where Port have hit the scoreboard in the last two weeks. So, given the for Ports to challenge, um, and I know they're only playing West Coast, but the, their ability to to score from centre clearance really showed that he was not just in there just to hold up the numbers, but he was actually uh, an advantage for him to be in there, especially when your other rucks have sort of struggled from time to time. So I think the, the more they can get him into that ruck position, I think they're really, they would prefer that. But as you sort of said, given some of those key outs, he just might not be given that much opportunity and a lot of his scoring requirements are going to have to fall back onto kicking goals and, yeah, is he going to kick five goals every week? Half, you know, is it does he have does he have that? Yeah, in? and that's the point. Like five goals still didn't turn up. Like it's not often that you don't see someone turn up when they do don't kick five when they do <coughs> kick five goals. You know what I mean? So, um, interesting one. Depend. Like Marsh was only probably going to miss a week, so there could be a scope for him to become the number one ruck again. Um, if Tickle doesn't light it up, but yeah, it's. I, I don't know. Like it's going to be a it's an, it's going to be a roller coaster. But you might get some consistent scores out of that. There are definitely definitely worse forwards to have in your stable at yeah, the true. moment than than Finlayson, especially once Port gets some of these the, their other keys back. He's probably likely to play third tall, second ruck type of position where they where, again, as I sort of said, Port really like him because of the the opportunities that he can then afford them. So it feels like if you can get through the next couple of weeks, he he might become one of those buy opportunities. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I, he's probably not a bad one to target now. Or if he does play a key forward role this week and kind of puts up a lowly score, he might be a good one to actually target. Yeah. Given that, yeah, when Dixon and Marshall do come back, he could get some extended time in the ruck. Um, we got. F- Fergus Green, that's right. Um, kicked three goals, scored in the 70s. Um, <laughs> plays probably taller than he should have. There's a few key forwards out for uh, Hawthorne at the moment, which kind of makes him play a bit taller. I think Mitch Lewis was a test this week, um, but didn't come back in. So Mitch Lewis come back. Yeah, it, the commentary made it sound like yeah. he was back this so, week. So. Like, I don't know if that helps him, if that hinders him. I can't see it really doing too much. I think he just had a good game and there's really not much more to make of that one. Um, we'll move on to some of the fossils. Yep. Uh, Daniel Rich, um, 97 points. He just takes every kick in. He gets like, he'll take a kick in, then get a one, two. He's prone to a good score quite easily. And he's a player who gets super cheap. Uh, I did give up Will Day for him, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> which isn't that cheap. 
Oh, you can't you win. Can't you can't win, win every trade. Right. And again, this was before any preseason reports. It was uh, early, early January, first week of January. Uh, Rory Sloan had 111 points. Um, I've been saying this for weeks. Just get him as your mid seven. Like he's going to probably retire at the end of the year. Just get him in, and uh, he'll put up points like this. He was more on the wing again this week. Is that right, Danks? Yeah, he's been spending a huge yeah. amount of time out in the wing. Um, I think I was listening to an interview uh, with Tex and who had mentioned that Rory's like, oh, this uncontested game, my body feels great all of a sudden. So rather than having to be that in and under player all the time, um, what looking at his scoring, it was really interesting. He's he's always had a really great tank and I think the, the ability for him to play a little bit more outside is actually helping him to extend it because he did score, I think it was about 70% of his score in time on of the quarters this week. So whether that just happened to be where the opportunity was and he was able to get his hands on the footy or he still has that tank to be able to sort of push on when others are getting a bit tired. It was just sort of interesting to watch. But uh, he's in my team. Um, love the fact that he's in there. He's, he's way over um, sort of his output though I thought he was going to be, which is great. So um, he's also just one of those great guys to get around and, and watch and enjoy. And sometimes that's what fantasy is all about. It's just having players you like in your team so it enhances the viewing pleasure of the game. Speaking of two players, the next two you've got on your list, it's really hard, even <laughs> though they play for Collingwood, it's really hard to not Absolutely. enjoy watching Absolutely, and they're play. playing some good footy at the moment. We're speaking of Steel Sidebottom and uh, Scott Penabry here. Another two fossils in round one and two, I said, just like get these guys cheap because they will score well above that what their value is in, in keeper leagues. So, um, yeah, uh, I think Pendles, he took a what a poke in the eye, was it? Yeah, it looked, it, whether it was sort of like a poke in the eye or a, um, sort of one of those cut, small yeah. cuts above the eye or something along that line. Didn't, it didn't look great and I think he was, he'd spent about 10 minutes on the pine and it had sort of blown up to a size of a watermelon. So um, hopefully there's nothing wrong there, but given the fact that they have a super short turnaround this week, it might just be one to, to right. keep an eye on. We'll go through a few scoring yeah. bumps um, just off the ones I thought of last night off the top of my head. Um, Brody Smith, uh, he's scoring a lot more consistently with Dawson in the midfield. So he's one I think is probably worth owning. The, there's a few questions about this this week. So Braden Fiorani with Miller out, does he get the bump? There's questions coming left, right and centre about Braden Fiorini. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, so with, with the outs that they have, June needs him, but I still think he still hates him. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think he will get a bump, but Stuart Jew will hate every single moment of it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So he's he's in the side. So who who else might come in for that bigger body? Maybe it's a, an Alex Davies, or um, there was also a couple of other guys in. Uh, I think we go through in some of the questions a little bit later on about who else in the Gold Coast is sort of playing well as well. But I, I feel like he's the perfect. Um, substitute to jump in there and and be able to assist both Anderson um, and the rest of the one thing um, one thing I will say is when he did score well a couple of years ago he was very much the second in line midfielder I think when took in he's probably fourth fifth in line now and even now you've got Raul and Anderson that have developed enough to kind of be ahead of him so I think they're the guys more likely to get the bumps 
than Fiorini. He might just play that kind of next string role if he even plays at all. So you're right. Stewie Dew does hate him, so it's hard to kind of be too excited about him. It's, it's one of those visible hates. You can actually see. Yeah, yeah. He grimaces every time he gets a touch. Um, on the telecast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jeremy Finlayson, we talked about that one. But, yeah, port running low and key forwards might be might be good for him, might be bad for him if he kicks a few more goals. But, uh, yeah, if he can get a ruck roll going forward, it could be good too. Um, Nick Newman scoring well with Saad and Doherty out. So just kind of ride that one while it's happening. And um, Ned Reeves, if they decide to ruck him solo, we won't talk about that more because we talked about it earlier. But watch the team selection. If they decide to ruck him solo, he could be in for a bump there. All right, we'll get on to the listener questions. Uh, we're pushing on to an hour, so we'll try to get through this quickly. Um, what's Gaff's value? This comes from G Sambo 16. What's Gaff's value in redraft? I need, um, I'm in need of a decent mid, and I'm wanting to trade for him. What are your thoughts? Thanks. Uh, I had Gaff, uh, he's been part of the former captain's club for a long period of time, but was able to move him on in the preseason. Um, reason for, for me sort of seeing him more as a sell rather than a buy is any Perth-based player, uh, once they go over 250 games, have is a huge cliff in their scoring. And Gaff has seemed to be one of the ones that seems to be fighting that with his scores so far this year. Um, it's it's just very dangerous. The history shows that they do fall off a cliff, so it feels like if he's ahead at the moment, he's probably a sell rather than I a I will say with Gaff that they've kind of got some younger players to take over his outside role. He's getting more of an inside role to kind of support some of the younger players as well. But, like, it, it's, it's helping him get there. I don't think he's got a huge ceiling. I think he's like around that 100, you know, and probably when the average comes out in the end of the year, probably more be around the 95 to 100. It depends where your your team's at um, and if, yeah, like you need that midfield over a forward and stuff like that. Given that it's redraft, it might be an okay, um, might be an okay buy because you don't really care about the future. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be a massive, you know, 110 plus average or anything like that for the season. It's going to be more in your mid 90s. So it depends what you need and what your uh, structure looks like right now. Uh, does Himmelberg go back with Sam Taylor going down? Did so in the game, but with Leek Alia fit. What are your thoughts? What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and then for how long. Um, I, <clears throat> given Sam Taylor's going down, it, it might only be a one to two week sort of fix given that Phil Davis comes back in and then is able just to, to play that really lockdown role that, yeah. that Taylor does play. Um, so, yes, it, it will happen. And it might be one of those ones where it happens in periods of games. So it becomes really hard to sort of predict when Himmelberg might have that jump in scoring. Um, I know there's other people in, in one of my leagues who basically drafted him simply because he thought he was going to play down back. Um, and, he, and he will. It's just not going to be as consistent. As I think Sam Taylor going was. down isn't the reason you'd look for a bump, though. Like, if he's going to play Sam Taylor's role, it's not going to be as good for fantasy scoring either. You want him to go down there when you've got Davis, when you've got Taylor in there, and you want him to be that third tall mopping up all the loose ball that's coming in and just chopping in and taking those intercept marks. So, yeah, I'm not... And short, short term, it might be that... Uh, Haynes yeah. goes to that lockdown, which frees up Himmelberg. But it, again, as soon as Taylor's back, you can see that being sort of flopped back around again. And um, and 
yeah, probably not going to be one of those ones which you can sort of bank uh, on. At Jerry Hello Three says uh, mid season draft coming up. Unsure <laughs> whether to delist or keep Jed Anderson, Jeremy Sharp, and Zach Jones. What do you think? Not in contention if that sways you. Uh, Anderson feels like he's probably of the three the the furthest away off. Um, really enjoyed going through Kays' State League article last night, um, which. KeeperLeaguePod.com or KeeperLeaguePod.au. Doesn't matter. Whatever you. Or, or probably <laughs> in the links below. Um, yeah, that's what um, he He talked about Jeremy Sharp having 113 points with 24 disposals and still kicking four behind. So another one of those games that could have been anything. Um, he, so he, he feels closer uh, than Jed Anderson does. And I think. Zach Jones is one of those. He, uh, given how many injuries the Saints have, he could come back in almost at any stage, but also be not seen. So it definitely feels like Jed Anderson's the one that's probably the furthest away that you're likely to. Yeah, to Zach throw Jones back is always Giants. Like I think if if we were going to see Zach Ch- Zach Jones already, though, we would have seen him while Steel's out. And I don't know whether he's injured at the moment or what's going on, but uh, we didn't see him at all. So he's not one I'm super confident on either. I do like Jeremy Sharp, but he's another one that I think Jew hates also. And there's just so many outside players that they can roll through there ahead of him. I don't know how he gets in, no matter how good his VFL scoring is. He needs a few injuries and stuff. Surely surely he's getting in sooner than Jed Absolutely, but I'm not sure. It depends what's on your pool. Like he could be someone that like I don't think he's I don't think he's asking which one to delist. I think he's wondering whether he should just delist all of them, one of them, two of them type thing. So if there's something in your pool that tickles your fancy a bit yeah, more yeah. than Jeremy Sharp or is more likely to get a game, um, then maybe he could go as well. That's all I'm saying. Uh, at is Pepsi okay? I like Pepsi, but anyway, um, are Chad Warner and Hayden Young busts? Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, come on. They're, just because they're having slightly yeah. further down um, scoring opportunities than what our lofty expectations could be. There's no way in a keeper league. Um, so that's probably the only question is if it's a single league. But this is um, the keeper league podcast, so we'll assume that it's a keeper sold, league. But yeah, if, if it's a keeper league, then no. And if this guy is, sorry, if this uh, listener is selling, how, how can yeah, we buy some yeah, of these I'll, stocks? I would snap them up if he's going to sell them right now for sure. Like, And as well, they're playing in teams that are just stinking it up at the moment too. Like, give them time. They're young. And again, keeper <coughs> leagues are all about patience. I know that all too well. As soon as you trade one of these guys, they will pop. Uh, at Major Van Bam, um, Chin Cotter versus Bailey Williams. Halfback flank with a limited life versus uh, a winger. What do you think? Who would you take in your side right now? Oh, right, right now, it's probably got to be probably got to be Bailey Williams. Um, I think what you, you said before was was very true that wingers in general don't have the the ability to to really put some larger scores together. But it feels that, especially given the the Bulldogs maybe play a few more games underneath the roof as the weather starts to turn um, shithouse over here in Melbourne. Maybe that might help him be able to get his hands on the footy. Um, I would also, Chinkotta's um, ability to, to hold his spot in the team is probably uh, more of a question as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm on the same page, given where my team's at, where it's trying to contend. It just doesn't 
I don't think I've beaten a top six side in our league, Zanks, just thinking about it. <laughs> so the team looks all right, but just can't get it done against the good sides. It, it's <laughs> oh, your God, year, so. It's don't your think it's year. Somehow. Uh, yeah, I would take Williams, though, just because of the job security. And, um, yeah, Chincotta could be gone in four weeks, and that's where my team sits. Uh, James Trier, um, is it Tickle time at Alberton? I think we've touched on that enough, but you want to sum that one up, Zanks? Uh, well, I mean... Again, maybe if he, he tagged teams, but it, I think you said it best before, is you give Lysett one good game in the SNFL and he'll be straight back in again. It's just one of those um, things that is going to happen. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, there's not a lot of stock to be bought. In uh, Jeremy Graham asks, oh, I like this question actually, after Max Lynch's latest concussion, is it time that Kays finally realises that his body is made of tissue paper and isn't fantasy relevant. Furthermore, where is the acknowledgement Ned Reeves deserves? My first question about this is, it's, is this your burner account that you've Absolutely got? Absolutely not. I don't have a burner for, account. Uh, come on. No burner account here. This is uh, just, I don't even have to answer this question. I don't know why there's even question marks at the end of these. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, was it more I think a statement? It's for case to respond, I yeah, think. I don't know. Like, but yeah. <clears throat> Oh, it, he listens to every show and he listens whenever we go over yeah. an hour and eight minutes. So no doubt he will Kays see loves a podcasts on and he loves AFL fantasy right now. Loves footy in general right now. He's really, really <laughs> loving it. Anyway, <laughs> that might uh, wrap the show up for this week. Uh, thank you so much, Zanks. Bit of a lifesaver. Struggled to get a guest uh, this week and that's no by no means means you're the last uh, in line. It's just uh, I like the studio recordings. But uh, very, very grateful that you came on and saved my bacon. So thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, you'll be next time you're over here in the great state. Uh, all right. Let's get around our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Also, get around Game Day Squad, our major partner uh, this season. And also, if you want to support the spot, uh, podcast, please sign up as a member. All right. Thanks once again, Zanks. Anything further from you? Ah, just jump on Twitter at AFL Stats, mate. And You've got enough followers. Follow. You've got way more than uh, my account and the Keeper League combined. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening once again, uh, and we'll talk to you. to you next week. See ya. <laughs>